Om Sam Saraswati Namaha Namaste. Namaste, everybody. Uh, this evening on page 221 of the Devi Gita, we're going to begin chapter 12. And the goddess said, Rise in the early morning <coughs> and remember the shining lotus in the head. Remember it as the color of camphor, radiant white, and there the respected guru is in her own form. She appears very content with shining ornaments along with her consort Shakti. The knowledgeable one will bow down to them and then remember the goddess Kundalini or Kundali. They're, they're used inter interchangeably, a Kundali and Kundalini. Uh, there, she is the goddess, and she is also the energy which flows through every individual. Remember what we call in the pot is gut akash, and what we call outside the pot is maha akash, contained space and unlimited space. And what we call inside the body is Kundalini. And what we call outside the body is Mahashakti. So the great unlimited energy is outside the container. This is contained energy and this is unlimited energy. I bow down to that foremost illumination who continually journeys up and returns. Well, Uniting in the nectar of thought, the spaces she moves between are measured as she searches for the form and strength of bliss. Well, well she, if she measures the distance of the journey from the Muladhara to the Swadhisthan, and from the Swadhisthan to the Monipur, Monipur to the Anahat, and the Anahat to the Vishud, and the Vishud to the Agra Chakra, up to the Sahasrara, and she, we have just measured the length of the journey, and she goes up and she returns. <laughs> After meditating upon me as the form of truth, consciousness, and bliss, at the summit, she should then complete all the activities of personal hygiene. Okay. First thing you do before you get out of bed is just move that energy up and move that energy down and stay there for a minute or two. And then go about your daily business. Get out of bed. That's great. Huh? We used to get up out of bed and look at our hands, the servants of God, the reflectors of the mirror of consciousness. And we put a string around our hands that said this hand is bound in service to God. And the purpose of this hand is to find ways to demonstrate the sincerity of my love for my beloved guru. So then after you've done your meditation and you've moved your kundalini and you've watched your energy and you watch the flow and the ebb of the energy, then you get out of bed and brush your teeth and take care of all the other things you got to do in order to live inside. Got to clean the temple of God. Omnihotra, 
The sacred fire ceremony and offering should be performed for the purpose of my pleasure by the excellent twice born. Oh. At the end of the fire ceremony established on his own special seat for worship, she should make the statement of a vow of firm determination to complete worship. The statement of the vow of determination. <laughs> That's called sun gulp. Okay, so you, you get up, you, you do your meditation, you do your personal hygiene, and then you sit down, you make a little homa. If you do not have an outside homa, you can make all the homa you like into the Agnya Chakra. In the Agnya Chakra, there is a flame, there's a light, there's a fire burning, and that fire is the reflection of the fire outside, is reflected by the fire inside, and you don't even need the fire outside, you just put the fire there and invoke the fire in the way that you want as your meditation. It could be as simple as the beginner's homa padhuti included in the Hanuman Puja. It could be as extravagant as the advanced Chandi Yagya Padoti included in the birth, uh, uh, From Birth to Death book. Uh, and, there, and you can go on and on. It is extensive as you choose it to be, according to time, place, and circumstance. Now, after you complete the homa, usually you do a little homa first. You wouldn't do a big Yagya first. Then you do, you sit down on your own seat, and Vishnur Om Tat Sat, you take the sun cup up to perform the worship. Always perform Bhutta Shuddhi. Lam Wang Rang Yang And the matrikanyas, the establishment of the bij mantras within. And the relika matrikanyas with the addition of the Maya beach ring, so it could be And you take a shower and, a, and bathe yourself in ring, 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 until you are cleansed by ring. In the Muladhara, establish the letter H, in the heart, the letter R, between the two eyebrows, E, and the entire mantra, ring, on the top of the head. That's just what we did. Then he should establish the Tan Matras within the body and complete the all, all other Nyasas as well. Rase Rupe Chigandicha Sabde Sparshe Chiyogini. And all the other Nyasas as well. Satyam Rajas Tamas Chayiba Narayani Sada. 
and all the other nyasas, and there's a Karanyas and a, a Sharanga nyas, and a, and the Hidayadi nyas, and the, there are the Matrika nyas, and the Bahi Matrika nyas, and the Angapuja, and all these ways of establishing the mantras of the goddesses and the tirthas and the places of pilgrimage within Bharatvash, the land where the light of wisdom always shines. Again, think of your own soul in the body as the peat, the place of worship. Um, dharma and various qualities, dharma, artha, kama, roksha, dharma, the ideal of perfection, gyan, wisdom, vairagya, detachment, aishwarya, the imperishable qualities. Adharma, disharmony, agyan, ignorance, avairagya, attachment, anishwarya, the transient. So we have the, the pitanyas, and we have the establishment of all the places of pilgrimage right within the yantra that we wear on our chest. And you have four lotuses for the gods and the forces of union and the forces of communion and completion and perfection, union in the beach. And you have four asuras, the forces of manifestation in worldly interaction. So now you get to unite with God and share that union with the world. And you unite with God and share that union with the world. And that is the circle of creation. That's the chakra. Then he should meditate upon the great goddess while expanding the pranaya. So once we have established her within, in the pran pratishta, we've established her with her life force within, then we can meditate on the presence of the Mahadevi. As we establish and we expand the pranayama, so we can go from one, four, two, to two, eight, four. And in any proportion of that ratio, we can expand it as per our capacity. In my place in the lotus of the heart, the knowledgeable one will establish five seats for five disembodied spirits. Bhutapsarpan and Bhutapretapitsatsatsa, Dhanavarakshatsatsate, Shanting Puranku Dehisabe, Mabalim. So now we're going to establish the, the five seats for the disembodied spirits. Brahma, Vishnu, Rudra, Ishwar, and Sadashiva. These are the five great disembodied spirits who are situated at the base of my feet. They are the soul of the five great elements. Shiti, Aptej, Borud, Bo. Earth, water, fire, air, and ether, as well as the five states of consciousness. Jagrat. Waking, Shrapna, dreaming, Shushupti, deep, dreamless sleep, Turiya, poor, pure consciousness, and Atitrup, beyond form. I am the indivisible form of consciousness, therefore, I am beyond the total of all five. 
Then, situated upon his seat, he should continually meditate upon the energy in the Tantra. With a mind filled with the enjoyment of my worship, he should make job. Uh, please don't think it to be a duty or an obligation or something that has to be completed in order to get to the end of the puja. With, with a mind filled with enjoyment of my worship, he should make job. After he has completed job, he should then offer the argya, an object connoting devotion prepared from a large red flower, durba grass, rice, sesame, a leaf of tulsi, and other auspicious ingredients placed in a red cloth and tied together like a small bouquet. And set down the container while saying the mantra from your guru, that's your guru mantra, our Guru Mantra is Navarna Mantra. Omeng ring kling And then bow down to the Supreme Guru. Sprinkle it with water while thinking the weapons mantra. Perform digbandhan, closing all the directions. and then bow down to the Supreme Guru again. Taking her permission, meditate upon the superior external place of worship. That's the yantra outside, as well as the yantra inside. Then, with an attitude of intuition, contemplate my divine, beautiful image situated in the heart. Make invitation to the place of worship, ihagach, and establish the life force with knowledge, ihatisht. Invite the goddess to be seated and offer water for washing her feet and padyam and washing her hands and mouth, achmaniam and various other articles, water for her bath, snanam, a pair of cloths, bastram, various ornaments, alankaram, scented flowers, pushpe, and give to the goddess whatever is suitable with all devotion. This is a description of the cosmic puja. She should worship the deity surrounding the yantra, the Sarvabhadra Mandala Devata. According to right understanding, the right understanding is wherever you invite Ma, Swami's going to come with her. The entourage of the goddess is going to attend to her. She won't go alone. She goes with her entourage. And therefore, you better set the table for Gotam and for Ekatma and for Adityananda as well, because mom isn't going along. Then you should worship the deities surrounding the yantra according to the right understanding. It is appropriate. We don't send our mom off by herself. If one, is un, if one be unable to perform this every day, then follow this discipline on Fridays. The primary goddess is the form of illumination, and then the deities of her entourage are to be remembered. <coughs> That's us. Think that her illumination extends throughout the three worlds to the lowest reaches of the netherworld in Papaldesh. 
14 levels of, of existence are illuminated by her, her, her illumination. Again, when the deities of her entourage are united, worship the principal goddess with scents, etc., excellent flowers and perfumes, food offerings, a tarpon, a special offering of respect, to those who have departed, beetle nuts, pugifalam, uh, and money or other objects of value, pay the taxi fare. Don't let her pay for the rickshaw. Don't let her worry, worry about taking care of the people who brought her. Tip the cabbie. And other objects of value, he should please me by reciting a thousand names. That's ten malas if you didn't get it correctly. At least. And always give a little extra. Don't, you don't be miserly in any way. If you can't give a little more money, if you can't give a bigger tip, then give her an extra mala. A kavach, the armor of mantras. There is one for each deity. Uh, the Devi Shuktam, the hymn for, of the goddess from the Rig Veda, which begins, Aham Rudre Bikir Sharur Bikir Sharami, and the Devi Atharvashirsham, mantras which are known as the Rileka or Hrim Upanishad, the Devi Upanishad. So all of these should be recited with the great knowledge of the great mantras, please me again and again. Humans should ask for forgiveness, kshamathpratana, for from the divine mother of the world with hearts overflowing with love. On every limb the hairs will stand while tears of love will flow. Dancing and singing loudly, please me again and again. The continuous recitation of the Vedas or Puranas bring nourishment to all. I am present in every chapter and therefore that recitation pleases me. Everything that one has, even his or her own body, should always be offered to me. The eternal fire ceremony should be performed, and those versed in the wisdom of our heritage, the Brahmins, <coughs> offered excellent clothes. Young boys, the lepers, others who are wretched should be fed by the one knowledgeable of the goddess. Feed everybody, especially those in need, especially those who are hungry. Bow down again and again from his own heart and then allow her to go away by making be sergeant and return the deity to the unmanifest. <sighs> All my worship can be performed with the Rimbij Mantra, O oh, one of excellent vows. Of all the mantras, Hrimbij is remembered as the supreme leader. Hrimbij mantra is an eternal mirror of me, thus capable of every reflection. And therefore, that which is given with Hrimbija is offered with every mantra. 
So if uh, in our circumstance we use the uh, Navarna Mantra, which contains the Rim Bija, but you could also do the entire Puja with Rim. You can do the You can offer the entire puja with Rimbija or with Navarna Mantra or with the Mool Mantra of the Ishtadeva who is being worshipped. The Guru should be worshipped with ornaments. Understanding that through her you have invited the effects of all good actions. Whoever worships the goddess in this way, the respected beautiful one of existence, nothing remains difficult to him and nothing ever will. We want to worship our guru because she brought us to this worship. And we want to worship the worship because we want to get closer to the goddess. And we want to worship the goddess because we want to get to the eternal form of the goddess. And we want to go beyond the goddess and she'll open the door for us. Nothing remains difficult to him and nothing ever will. At the end of his earthly body he comes to my morning dweep, the island of jewels, to return to the total. With the wisdom of the intrinsic nature of the goddess, the gods eternally bow down to him. This is the explanation, O king, of the worship of the great goddess. Consider the unlimited possibilities in accordance with your capacity. Make worship to me in this way and you will attain your goal. This Gita scripture of mine, do not ever tell to someone who is not a disciple. Nor is it to be imparted to one who is devoid of devotion, filled with deceit, nor to him who maintains evil in his heart. This exposition of this Gita is like raising the cover from the breast of a mother. Therefore, certainly take care Take great care to always protect the secret. It should be given to a devotee, a disciple, the oldest son, one who is dependable, of good character, and filled with devotion to the goddess. At the time of memorial services for the departed, if it is read before an assembly of Brahmins, all the ancestors will be pleased and will attain the highest place. Vyas said, This is what was spoken by Bhagavati, the supreme spirit of all parts, there, and this must be reflected upon within. The gods were completely delighted to have had the vision of the goddess. And then from the seed of Himalaya, the goddess Himavati, she who comes from Himalaya, manifested. She was known as Gauri, she who is rays of light, and she was given in union with Sankar, Shiva, the cause of peace. And then Skanda, Kartike, was born, and by him Tarak, was killed. 
long ago at the time when the ocean was churned by beings of the spiritual world, that's gods and the demons, as well as the kings of men, many gems and other things came forth. Then hymns were chanted by the gods to the goddess for the purpose of inviting Lakshmi. As a kindness to them, Rama, Lakshmi, came out from the sea. The gods gave her to the resident of Boykunt, that's Vishnu, and he became at peace. Remember, Shiva and Vishnu had insulted their wives, the wives left them, and they became Ashokti. They had no, no energy. So the beginning of this discourse, this discourse said, how can we unite Gauri or Parvati with Shiva, and how can we reunite Lakshmi with Narayana and get them back to work so Brahma doesn't have to create and protect and transform the cremation all by himself. This is the explanation, O king, of the excellent greatness of the goddess and of the birth of Gauri and Lakshmi. Who gives attention to this explanation will attain fulfillment of all desires. Do not speak of this to others indiscriminately. The secret of this explanation should be controlled. Everyone does not have authority to practice the cosmic puja. It is only for devotees of sincerity and devotion who have real sincere desire and intensity of desire. This Gita is the secret of existence, so be careful to maintain its secrecy. It's really inside, deeply hidden from view. It's not readily accessible. You must go inside in order to discover the intensity and the essence of this secret. By means of it, all liberation, all realization is attained. And who stands forth prominently in support of this teaching becomes free from all fault. It is pure like a divine wind. Tell, what more do you wish to hear? Om. Iti Devi Gita Sampurna. So now we have a, a, a complete exposition of our philosophy, of the Chandipat, of the goals of the Chandi, of the processes of yoga, of the explanations of the various uh, philosophies, Nyaya, Boisheshika, Shanka, Purvamimanta, Uttarmamamsha, yoga. We have the explanation of the yoga and yogasans and uh, the Ashtanga yoga, the eight steps of yoga. And then we have the explanation of Vedic meditation, which is Nirakar, and ultimately the cosmic puja, which will take us to that realization. Om Sam Saraswati Namaha. Namaste. Uh, just for your information, uh, Sri Ma has given permission and uh, this coming Saturday morning at uh, 9 o'clock, we're going to have a chanting recitation all together of the Cosmic Puja.
just to get the bava and the flavor. And uh, maybe someone will even place the flowers as they would according to the map of the cosmic puja. And we'll study the, a slower pace of recitation so we can all understand what words we're saying and why we're saying them. This chapter 12 is, is a perfect description of so many of the Vedis of the Cosmic Puja, others of the Vedis were taken from different scriptures, especially uh, the Durgarchana Patoti, uh, the uh, Purohit Darpon, and various sections of Markandeyopanishad, or Markandeyopurana. Uh, that's the origin of the Cosmic Puja. There is a presentation on our website about the origins and the meaning of the Cosmic Puja. And uh, I exhort all of you, invite all of you to take a look at that. And uh, get your Cosmic Puja books ready this Saturday and we'll all chant it together wherever you may be. Or if you're in the vicinity of the Devi Mandir, then you'll come and join us and recite. Let's see if there are any questions about Chapter 12 or about any of the preceding as well. Yes, please. Which part of the Cosmic Puja relates to the worship of the great five, five great disembodied spirits? Uh, you, you have that in Bhutat Sarpant, and you have it in uh, uh, um, uh, of course. Yes, did you have a question? No. Yes, please. You mentioned that the Cosmic Puja comes from the Dragarshana Padoti, the, yes. the Parodhi Dwarpan and the Markandeya Purana? Yes. What part of the Markandeya Purana uh, contributes to that? I, I won't tell you the exact chapters okay. that I used, but there is a Padhoti, or there are sections of the Markandeya Purana which deal with the history of how the Chandipat came to be told. And that it gives a, a, that leads into the the setting uh, where Boisha Shamadi and Saratharaja go to Medas Muni's ashram and they observe the 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 traditions and the customs and congenialities conducive to learning. Srimad Mahaganadipataye Nama. First one, take a sankalpa. Yeah. It says here, take the Sankalpa, and there are so many other forms. So they are included in Markandeya Purana as well. We have a question from Nanda. Namaste, Nanda Ma, we're missing you. Why are some scriptures, especially Devi Gita, to be kept in secret and not to be shared with everyone? Also, we are, not, are we not sharing it with everyone when we translate it or have classes for everyone? Please help me understand. Okay, uh, the, the reason it's, it's held in secret is because it's in your heart. And there is no way that you can take it out of your heart and share the secret. You can show people how they can go into their own hearts and find the secret for themselves. But you cannot divulge the secret. It is neti neti. It is not this and not that. You can only describe the path. Now, the reason that we've translated these works and we're sharing them abundantly and fruitfully and, and all around the world with anybody who wants to view them right. uh, is because that there is a very, 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 very few people who have an interest. Only the people who have a personal relationship with us uh, have an, a, 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 a purpose of tuning into these broadcasts. Who else knows about it? Who else cares about it? 
We, even though we stood at the top of the, of, the, of the tower and shouted, listen to us, only those who have an affinity to this knowledge, a sanskara, a, a, a tendency to want to learn, they would, they'll have interest. Everybody else will be watching the news or watching the football game or whatever else is occupying the boob tube right now. We cannot feed them with feeding bottle. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, very good, Mother. We cannot feed them with a feeding bottle. <laughs> we can invite them, but they, they, only a very few souls will have interest, and I hope, oh, I appreciate all of you who are amongst them. We have a question from Ramya. Namaste, Rami, Mommy. In verse 8, how can we understand the four negative qualities? Qualities. Oh, Ramya, the, the four negative qualities uh, uh, allow us to manifest in the in the external world. They allow us to make uh, make our love made manifest. So they are not necessarily negative in the in the way that they are taking us into negativity, but they're taking us, allowing us to manifest our unity in the diversity. And that's why we have four qualities of union and four qualities of individuality so that we can manifest the principles of unity in the diversity of all the creation. We can only make this creation divine by expressing this divine quality. And therefore we have this apparent uh, opposition to the forces of unity because we're coming out of the unity to share with the individuality. And that's what it means. It is not necessarily the negativity, but it is the individuality, the doityabab, the duality. We only know the unity because of the duality. We only can share the unity because of the duality. <laughs> They work hand in hand. Were it not for the Ratri Shukta, we could never have a Devi Shukta. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we have a question from Pushpa. Namaste, Pushpa Ma. Namaste. I'm setting up my new altar in a format like Srima's altar with the Shiva Lingam in the middle. Can I do cosmic puja at this altar or should I rearrange it? No, you can do cosmic puja, but you'll want to leave enough space between the lingam and the edge of your altar so that you have place to put the flowers and place to put your various, your uh, samanyarga and your visheshargya and all of the different offerings that you're going to present. You need a space in front. So don't put the lingam in the, right on the edge of the altar and put it back a little bit. Uh, she is a prime mover unmoved and she went into the moving business and now she's moving Shiva <laughs> and I hope you move him to a very nice place on your altar. Namaste. We have a question from Ambika. Namaste Ambika. Namaste Sham. In verse 23, can you please speak more about asking forgiveness from Divine Mother and about asking, giving, receiving forgiveness on the human plane of existence? Absolutely. Uh, we, uh, we recite every day in the Chandi Pod, it's called the Kshama Prathana, the prayer for forgiveness. <laughs> Again, Adasmritya Brantya Chama, Yang Yu Macha Bikam Kalam, 
Every stupid thing I did from ignorance, from forgetfulness, from confusion, or just plain attachment. All of that you please forgive me, oh goddess, may you be, you, may you be so gracious. Or you can do All of that, yes, yeah, that's what I was just reciting. Uh, I chose another verse from that. The same, same shuktam, uh, the prayer for forgiveness. So in this way, uh, uh, we again and again, uh, we ask for, for forgiveness with hearts overflowing with love. And that very prayer for forgiveness allows us to give forgiveness to others as we will want to be forgiven ourselves. So, you, you'll forgive us all, please, Ambika. And we certainly offer our forgiveness to you. We have a question from Julia. Namaste, Julia Ma. Namaste. So does doing the Chandi daily, so doing the Chandi daily will not take us in, as far in our spiritual journey as the cosmic? No competition. <laughs> no, no contender. There is no competition. You should do them all. The Cosmic Puja, the Devi Gita, and the Chandi, and the Yajna, every day. All of them. <laughs> and until we don't attain that capacity, Julia, we'll do as much as we can. We'll do a little bit. We'll do a beginner's puja, and then we'll do a, a little portion of the chandi, and then we'll read one or two chapters of the Devi Gita, and we'll make it grow and grow and grow. But it's not an either-or proposition. We want to do as much as we can do. You know, after I wrote those three books in translation, I didn't stop. I mean, I kept going. I wrote about Ram. I wrote about Krishna. We're going to study Krishna next week sometime. Uh, we, uh, I wrote about Hanuman and, and Santoshima and everybody. All the, I wrote about Srima. Julia, as much as we could possibly do and then do a little more. And then make that your regular, uh, this is what I'm going to do, and then do a little more. Until we are not doing 24-7. We've got more to do. This is all organic food. <laughs> this is organic food. <laughs> right. We have a question from Usha. Namaste, Usha Ma. Could you please speak a little more about the five disembodied spirits, Shiva, etc., and why and why they are called that, and how they are related to the five elements and five states of waking, dreaming, deep sleep, etc.? Hmm? Can you tell me what verse that is? Mm, no. Verse 10 11. 10 and 11, thank you. Uh, yes, okay, the five seats of the, in, in my place, in the lotus of the heart, you've got five seats for these five disembodied spirits, Brahma, Vishnu, Shiva, Ishwara, and Sadashiva. And these are the five great traits. They are disembodied spirits because they, they're not in the body, they're in my heart, and now I'm good. they are the soul of the five elements, earth, water, fire, air, and ether. And as I do job of each chakra, I'm going to move and recognize each of them, Brahma, Vishnu, Rudra, Ishwar, Sadasi. 
and I'm going to move through the chakras and recognize their presence even as I am moving my consciousness from Jagrat Swapna Shushupti Turiya and Atit Rup. So I'm moving my consciousness from waking, dreaming, deep, dreamless sleep. Uh, the uh, uh, Turiya uh, it means pure consciousness and Atitrup uh, beyond form. I'm moving my awareness through them all and recognizing the divinity within them all and recognizing the elements within them all and recognizing the chakras within them all and I keep bringing up this energy along with Kundalini. And there, therefore, I am the form of indivisible, con uh, the indivisible form of consciousness, and therefore, I am beyond the total of all five. And that's where Mama lives, in the morning deep, in the the island of jewels and gems. Oh, these are all ways to support our bringing up the energy, and then I return, and bringing up the energy, and then I return. And I bring up the energy and I move from the gross body to the, uh, the Anamaya coast to the Pranamaya coast to the Manamaya coast, the Ganamaya coast to the Anandamaya coast. And I come from the Anandamaya coast to the Biganamaya coast to the Manamaya coast to the Pranamaya coast to the Anamaya coast. And I'm going in and out and up and down. And this is my meditation until I get control and I see Brahma, Vishnu, Rudra, Ishwara, Sadashiv, and I'm moving up and I'm visiting all of them with Kundalini and she's drinking down the nectar of immortal bliss and she's feeding all of them in each chakra and each center of energy and she's feeding all the energy, all the vibrations, all the matrikas around. She's feeding them all with this chalice of the nectar of immortal bliss. And these are the meditations. And they go one by one. As we go through the cosmic puja, we'll find that these go up and they go down and they go in and they go out and they come from the outside to the inside and the inside to the outside and pretty soon it becomes swabhavic. It's our second nature. That's what I would say about disembodied spirits. Uh, they are the spirits that are not in a body. I can feel them. I can relate to them. I can uh, intuit their presence. I can meditate upon their presence, but I can't see them. I look in there and I know, I've dissect, dissected many sadhus and I've never found a Brahma or a Vishnu or a Rudra inside them. If you cut open any number of chakras, I doubt if you're going to find a Sadashi or, or an Ishwara with inside. They're disembodied spirits. They're metaphysical. They are beyond the physical. They're spiritual. And spiritual means incorporeal. And incorporeal means it is not empirically verifiable. I can't see them through the senses. I cannot prove this knowledge with production. There is no empirical verification for spiritual knowledge. You have to have the experience and then you know. And then you have faith because of your knowledge. 
and your knowledge is based on your experience. And Or you see someone else who has had the experience and you know. You know she has had the experience. It's not a pretense. It's not an act. It's not a, 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 a something a, that she's performing for others to demonstrate, oh, look at my house is filled with ashes and therefore I'm spiritual. Or in some other way, here is demonstrable proof. Here is empirically verifiable proof. This is my, my claim to divinity. There's Sindur on my Murti, and therefore God came to visit me. We don't need a, an empirical verification for spiritual experience. There is no such thing. It is spiritual because it's beyond the physical. Metaphysical means beyond the physical. That's what it means. <laughs> And now I'm looking for a physical protection. I want to I want to empirically verify that this is true. So I buy into all kinds of nonsensical <laughs> superstitions that say it's true because there's Sindhu on my uh, on my altar, or there are ashes on my picture, or there's uh, the, the Ganesh drank milk. <laughs> Now, I know Ganesh drinks milk. <laughs> I mean, that's not a miracle. The miracle is that I believe that Ganesh drinks milk. Yeah. <laughs> the miracle is that I love my guru. The miracle is that she likes me back. She allows me to be in her presence. Now, that's a miracle. I like so. Hmm? I love everybody. You love everybody. I, we, we know that. That's a miracle. We found you. That's a miracle. I don't need to see ashes on my altar or Sindur on my murti or Ganesh drinking milk in order to believe in God. You accept us into your ashram. Now that's a miracle. Who else would accept people like us? I mean, we've been around. How many people accepted us? Most people say, oh yeah, we don't want your kind around here, bunch of dharma bummed. Uh, remember, some people are good for some things, other people good for other things, sadhus are good for nothing. Who else would accept a bunch of would-be sadhus? One, striving is best to our ability to be good for nothings. Only a mother's love. And that's the miracle. Not that there's ashes on the altar, not that there's sindur on the murti, not that there's milk on Ganesh's lip, or any other empirical verification of a metaphysical or a spiritual experience. The validity of any spiritual experience, please mark this down, the validity of any spiritual experience is the change that it creates in the lives of those who have the experience. If Ganesh drank the milk and thousands of people around the world saw him drinking the milk, they wouldn't have gone back to work on Monday morning. They would have all gone to the temple and sat and worshipped. If they really saw the Sindur coming out of the Murti or, and okay, just decorating all the, 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 uh, the, the altar, they would have stopped and 
changed their lives. They would have had harmony in their households. They would have love with their families. They would have bonds of union and communion with their neighbors. They would have been, they would bound their entire community in a, in a web of love. Lovey-dovey. Lovey-dovey. <laughs> Ma's got the bob. Everybody would have been lovey-dovey. If the ashes really came out of the, out of the murti and they, they decorated the altar by themselves, those people would just be so much in love with life. There would never ever be a question about oh, what am I doing in life? How can I create any harm to any other being? How can I not do the best thing to create the greatest harmony with the greatest amount of love for everybody if it was actually true? The validity of a spiritual experience is the change that it makes in your life. After you have the experience, you won't go back to what was. You will go forward to what you can make, what you can create. You'll use all your talents, all your knowledge, all your energy to, to promote a greater agenda. You certainly won't go to the disco and sit at the bar and tell everybody about your samadhi. You won't go to, to tell everybody in the kitchen about how many gurus you saw and how many dickshaws you took. We do not need a physical, empirical representation to describe our metaphysical experience. You can't hide it. You, you can't put a basket over Srima's light and dim that light in any way. Her light will permeate through any way you, 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 you try to dim that light. It's impossible. You'll see her light no matter where she goes. She won't tell you about her spiritual experience. She'll talk about sadhana. What she does every day as the way of her life. How does she live her life? You can see it. It's not hidden. It's not secret. You come to the Devi Mandir and see how she feeds you. And clothes you, and houses you, and puts a chocolate on your pillow, and puts a water, bottle of water to wash it down on the nightstand. And she takes care of her children like they were everyone is part of her family. Now that is the proof. That's demonstrable proof of the sincerity, the validity of her spiritual experience. The rest of us can sit around and pontificate until the cows come home. But that doesn't mean we have a spiritual experience. Not until there's a change in our lives. We are really working hard in order to promote her agenda. That's the proof. Namaste. Even if we haven't had that experience, how can we still have that same love for all beings, that same consciousness to take care of all beings? We'll follow the example of our guru. We will imbibe into our own lives and inculcate and emulate the attitude of the guru. When the love of the guru grows and grows, then dissolve into her being. In the same way as devotees and disciples, we will try to inculcate and implement those 
attitudes in our own behavior and act as if the guru were acting through me. How would I organize for a guest to come to the Devi Manya? Well, I'd make their bed, I'd sweep their floor, I'd put a bottle of water on their nightstand, I'd put a piece of fruit there, I'd put a piece of chocolate on the bed, on the pillow cover, I'd put a clean towel in the bathroom, I'd put a... What could I do to demonstrate to that visitor that they are welcome? What would Srima do? That's what we could do. When I sit down for puja, would I say, No, I would remember that Swami, that crazy guy who opened his heart and said, With conviction, loudly he sings, and he even dances. Why not? That's how the puja is learned. If every one of us remembers that God has sent us to this world to do God's work in this world, then we will act with the conviction of a devotee and we will do everything to the extent of the efficiency of our capacity and we'll do it with love and with joy and it'll become a manifestation of our love for God. When you think of it in this way, then automatically, you don't have to force yourself, okay, now how do I be efficient now? Efficiency is not something you learn. Efficiency, when you fall in love, I want to pay attention. When you pay attention, you do it so you don't have to do it again and again and again and again. You do it right the first time, 100%. You give 100% the first time, that comes from your heart. It's not something you learn. Very simple. <laughs> well, it seems a little complicated for some of us. Yes, please. We have a question from Kyle in Los Angeles. Namaste, Kyle. Namaste, Samantha. Namaste, Srima. Namaste, Swamiji. What is preferable? Taking a Sankalpa to perform worship at the same time, same day, etc., for a certain amount of days, or continually trying your best to do, all, to do this all the time, or until the Guru tells you otherwise? Thank you. Kyle, my suggestion would be to take a small puja that you is digestible, that is accessible, that is something that you can do, like a beginning Durga puja or a beginner Shiva puja, and do that every day, and that will be your minimum. Okay, I'm, I've done that. And then take one chapter or two chapters or 20 minutes by the clock uh, from the Chandi and say, I'm going to chant this for 20 minutes every day. And then take one chapter from the Devi Gita and I'll read the English of this every evening. One chapter. Take you 15 minutes. And then maybe you'll read the, a chapter and you'll watch the video and you'll look at the book and you'll try to recite along with us and it'll take you an hour. As you get more and more time, then your sadhana will grow. And as you get greater capacity to sit longer, then your sadhana will grow. So start out with easily accessible, digestible bites. And then go on and gorge yourself. Yes, please. 
We have, a we have another question from Nanda. Namaste, Nanda Ma. You had mentioned once that we earn the privilege to do uh, privilege to do puja in sadhana. Do we earn this privilege by doing seva to our guru and to the world? Yes. <laughs> yes, we do. Yeah, that's just that's just what happens. Uh, we do seva, and we enhance the capacity of the guru. You wash one dish for Shreema, and that's one dish less that she has to wash herself. That's one more song that she could sing. That's one more dish she could cook. And because you're in the kitchen, you get to watch her cook the dish. You get to see how much is the spice. All we get, if we ask her, how much spice did you put in? As much as it needed. That's the only answer I get. I can't write a cookbook with put in as much as it needs. But if you were washing the dish and you look over your shoulder, then you get to see how much did you, oh, was that a quarter of a teaspoon? <laughs> so there are so many advantages to doing seva for the guru because you get the privilege. If you, if you, organize the guru's puja in the morning and you wash the pots and pans and the dishes and the utensils that she uses and she'll say okay you put this one here and that one there because when I sit in one asana I have to reach everything for my asana see how I organize my puja so you don't have to get up and move and reach over to something that is otherwise inaccessible uh, there are so many advantages that we receive when we are doing seva for the guru. If we pick the flowers for her, we'll organize them in such a way. She'll say, hey, please, separate these flowers or this kind of flowers in this utensil and those kind of flowers in that utensil. And then it's easily, I can, without looking, I can pick the right color flower and put it on the right place in the yantra that I'm drawing in flowers. You get to learn the puja. Sit at her feet and learn the puja. That's the only way you'll learn it. I mean, you can learn some of it from a book and some of it from a website. And now we've got videos out there and we've got the Devi Gita expounding it and we've got the cosmic puja and we're going to chant it and maybe somebody will even record our chanting, who knows. And, uh, but the important thing is that if you sit at the guru's feet and watch how she does it with what bhavana, with what agility, with what... Now, don't come with a whole harness full of recording instruments and cameras and, and <laughs> imposing to her space. I'm going to record this. But it, it, come and watch and absorb the bhavana and absorb the feeling and observe where does she put things and how does she access them from one asan she get, does the entire puja and sometimes when you're doing the cosmic puja it's 12 feet wide and how does she reach 12 feet wide to give one flower to Shiva and one flower to Ganesh <laughs> I mean that's pretty long arms from one asan so, yes, Nanda, as much as you can observe, as much as you can do seva for the guru, so much is your authority, your privilege to learn more.
We have another question from Ramya. Namaste, Rami, Mommy. Namaste, Srini Baba. In chapter 9, on verse 41, on Bhakti Yoga, yes. how does knowing the minute details of the principles of Sanskrit help us to attain Bhakti? What can we do to become skillful in controlling the senses? Rami, Mommy, you, you, the very desire to learn Sanskrit is an, an example of your devotion. You cannot learn Sanskrit without paying attention to it. Every time you want to learn something, you've got to pay attention. And something like Sanskrit, you're paying attention only because you love God and you want to be able to speak in her language and do it the way that the ancient people did it and get the fruit that the ancients received. And therefore, this is the epitome of bhakti. You can't learn Sanskrit without bhakti. So as you start to go deeper and deeper into the principles of Sanskrit, you show your devotion, you feel the devotion, you experience the devotion, and then you get the desire greater and greater to go deeper and deeper until you reach self-realization. We have a question from Ambika. Namaste, Ambika. On verse 26, everything that was... Have. Everything that one has, even one's own body, should always be offered to me. This sounds like a description of how one would live if they were in constant awareness of the divine. What is the best way to develop and remember this awareness, especially when faced with the changes and challenges of worldly life? Uh, Ambika, this puja, this philosophy, this yoga, these asanas, this pranayama, this entire sadhana, that she is describing to us is the way to remember that everything that we have is the gift from God. And all that we are doing and all that we are receiving is just the gift of God. This is all a privilege for me to serve God and it, it, to serve my family by love, loving God as a service to my family and loving my family as a service to God and working with everyone to harmonize all the desires and all the various things and maintaining your center, maintaining your equanimity. These are all different ways in which you offer your love to God. It is a privilege to serve God. So in this way, everything you have is offered to her because she is the essence of all. She is the energy of all in everything, and therefore you are offering your body to her by maintaining equilibrium and maintaining your center, even when there's chaos going on all around. That is your love for her. That is your offering to her. And that is the exemplification of the highest devotion to her. Om Sam Saraswati Namaha Namaste. Mm -hmm.